0: Good to see everybody, and uh, again, uh, welcome, um, especially if this is your first time with us. I uh, just want to say uh, so glad that you joined us, and, and uh, uh, pardon our dust. We're, we're in the middle of uh, renovations here, and and uh, if you are new to the whole situation, this is, like Rob mentioned it earlier, this is a brand new uh, facility for us, and uh, eventually we'll be expanding into this space next door. This walls coming down. And, uh, and so it's not going to always look like this, but uh, in, in the meantime, just uh, bear with us in terms of little issues that you might think, well, that's not ideal, but uh, we, we know, we know it's not ideal, but we're going to drive forward anyway. And uh, so in, in, in this season of uh, remodeling and stuff, we're, we're working on a series right now called uh, Church Under Construction, where we're looking at, while we're kind of beautifying this space uh, what can we continue to do as, as, as a church to make sure that we are a beautiful church, uh, that we are working on areas of our own lives, uh, both individually and corporately, uh, so that we can uh, make sure that this is a great experience, not only for us, but for those who are uh, searching for something more in their lives as well. And uh, so last week, uh, we started this off and, and uh, talked about how uh, a healthy church is going to be passionately spiritual. They're going to be people that are just, you know, massively in love with Jesus Christ. You know, they, they're passionate about that relationship in their life, and their life shows that. And then one of the ways that their life shows that they are, that they are genuinely, that they genuinely love their Savior is that they are active in ministry, serving other people. And that could be, uh, you know, serving people within the context of our church Uh, You know, in our programs and things that we do here, it could be serving people out in the community. It could be as uh, James uh, put it in his book in the Bible, that uh, a pure religion is is to look after orphans and widows and and to keep yourself unstained from the world. And and it could be be all that kind of stuff. But we need to be people who are who love Jesus so much that that love compels us uh, to not be selfish and to look to the needs of others and to help meet those needs. This week we're gonna we're gonna look at a couple of other uh, kind of characteristics of what a healthy church looks like. And those characteristics are uh, evangelism, which I know you're like, ugh, that word. It's a horrible word. We're gonna get into that word in just a second. Evangelism, and and then um, and then the other thing being worship, worship, which we, you know we've we've engaged in some, uh, you know. Worship music this morning. Uh, there's more to worship than music, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But I don't know about you. One of the things I love about our church is our worship. And I think I think our worship team, specifically our worship music. Um, I think our worship team does just an incredible job, week in week out, of, of just leading us in worship. And, and uh, uh, you know that that's that's always the gauge for me is. Uh, you know because you know behind the scenes when leadership gets together we occasionally have these conversations about you know how how did this go and how did that go and well maybe something fell apart during the music or something like that and and uh and my response is is usually uh i just ask myself a question was i able to worship and the if he answers yes to that then thumbs up we did a good job right and so um, I feel like, again, our, our team, Rob, you know, led by Rob, they do a, just a fantastic job every every week. Um, and I, I just love worship. I love worship. I lo- and I love over the years how, uh, you know, through, you know, getting in touch with what God's word says, that I've, I've been able to expand my definition of worship beyond just music. Because it is. I mean, it's a, wor- worship is talked about in scripture as something that is so much more of, of the way that you live your life, not just a song, not just a song. I mean, that's that's all well and good, and, and we're we're called upon in Scripture to, to you know, to praise God with song and and uh, with uh, dance and with the shaking of tambourines. <laughs> well, we haven't we haven't busted out our tambourine band yet, but uh, but you know whatever. I mean, we're all, all kinds of instruments and things like that. We're called to worship God in that way, but then there's also this, this uh, kind of active lifestyle worship where when we leave this place and we go our separate ways during the week, worship does not stop, but it continues. In fact, this meeting should be more to kind of, uh, you know, I think, um, well, the meeting is about us worshiping God, but what happens is that when we worship God, he kind of fills us up out of the overflow of what we've offered up to him. And he fills us up and it recharges us up throughout to go out throughout the rest of the week and continue living lifestyles of worship, worship lifestyles. And so when we do that, then what happens is our faith and this whole Christian experience uh, stops becoming an hour on Sunday and becomes just the way we live our lives all throughout the week, all throughout the week. There should be no difference in the way we live our lives, I mean, like, like, uh, first of all, you know, we're all about authenticity here at Living Hope. And so, I mean, if you're putting on some sort of super spiritual, you know, mask to come in here so you'll be accepted, it is a colossal waste of your time. A colossal waste of your time. Because just, we're not into masks, we're into, We're just into being who we are, and we're going to worship God. Works and all, right? I mean, we're just going to we're just going to worship Him, and, and 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 if that means we're worshiping Him from a place of victory, then praise God. If it means we're worshiping Him from a place of uh, uh, frailty or defeat or weakness or or anxiety or whatever it is that we're feeling, then also praise be to God. We're gonna we're just going to worship Him in that. so so, for us to be able, when you start worshiping God. All throughout your week by the way that you live your life. Now, I'm not, I'm not suggesting you go to work and bust out in song. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not going to go well for you. That's not going to go well for us. Nobody's ever going to visit our church again if, if you become the people that every time there's a conference, I mean, you know, like, let's get together for a team meeting and you got to lead people in a song. That's no, we don't want to be that church. And so, um, but, but when we become people who just by the way, the choices that we make, the way that we work, the way that we do family, the way that we do community, everything it becomes an act of worship when we become those kind of people, then those masks become unnecessary. They become unnecessary because you become consistent in who you are. You're the same person in this hour on Sunday as you are, you know, the other 24-7, 365 throughout the rest of the year. And so that's what we're aiming for. We're not aiming for a church full of people who know how to dress up and look well and, and uh, pretend like everything's okay. Because, again, a colossal waste of time. You guys know there are ball games on right now. Right now. You could be watching ball games instead of pretending to be somebody you're not. So, anyway. So, if I'm going to miss some ball games, let's, let, let there be some meaning behind it. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So, all right. I'm still stinging from a couple of ball games yesterday, but that's okay. Um, all right, so let, let's start off with this verse in Colossians. Colossians chapter 3, we're going to start with verse 15. Colossians 3, verse 15, and it says this, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with, thanks, with thankfulness in your heart to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So the first point I want to make through, through this is that authentic worship helps us keep the main thing the main thing authentic worship helps us keep the main thing like there's nothing more frustrating than uh than being around somebody who lives or in, in in the case of church life being around several somebodies who uh who live their lives in such a way that they're constantly getting caught up on things that really don't matter like we're trying to drive forward in mission and in the meantime we got a bunch of jokers surrounding us that are getting caught up on these insignificant Things. And so we got to have a meeting about the color of the carpet instead of the fact that there are people outside these walls that are hurting and need help. And so when we learn to worship authentically, and as this verse points out, that we, it kind of keeps everything centered on Jesus Christ. When we begin to do that, when our, when our lives and our worship center on uh, the person of Jesus Christ, it helps us keep the main thing the main thing. I'm so thankful for people in my life who can help me do that. Um, we we have great elders in our church. We really do. We have great elders in our church, and um, and occasionally when we're getting our, our meetings, you know, we're 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 discussing any number of different things, and and sometimes it's it's uh, you know there, there's a business side. That's a horrible term, but I think you know what I'm talking about. There's a business side to church life, and I don't mean like a money side. I mean there's just kind of, um, there's things that we have to talk about, things like insurance and things like, um, you know, administrative issues and things like that. And sometimes those things have to be uh, talked about. And occasionally we get so caught up in the details uh, of of those kind of non-spiritual but necessary things uh, that it's really easy to kind of take our eyes off of what our eyes should be fixed on, which is Jesus Christ. A, a, A great example of what I'm talking about is that um, uh, Manuel Escobar, one of our uh, elders, one of the things I appreciate most about Manuel is he has this just, just great ability. I mean, he's got a lot of faults, don't get me wrong. Uh, uh, but, but, but Manuel's got this great ability to when we get caught up in the minutiae, uh, you know, the details of a situation, he can refocus us on what matters. Like he'll, he'll say, usually it's sarcastic, but he'll say something that just like oh yeah that is the most important thing here isn't it you know and we're like okay it, it kind of re-centers us refocuses us I love when when people are able to do that for me because if you're like me at all I, I sometimes my I have I have this I have this uh, drift you know this kind of spiritual drift thing uh, you know where I, I took Meadow my, my youngest she's uh, she just turned five I took her to uh, the eye doctor the other day and Meadow lives in constant drift like she is just like she is just all, all over the place. Right. And so for her to go to the eye doctor and for the doctor to say, you know, I want you to look at these letters up on the screen and, and, uh, and tell me she's like, you know, she start, she would start to read the letters and then she would kind of start doing this. And like, he's like, no, over here, keep me kicking. are trying to read. Finally, he put cartoons behind the letters. So she would focus, you know, that sort of thing. And so, and, but I'm that way too, you know, but I, it's easy to joke about her, but I'm exactly the same way where where, where when my eyes should be fixed on Jesus Christ so I can ha- keep the main thing the main thing, I have drift. I'm constantly seeing other things, and maybe they're somewhat important, and maybe they're not important at all. But when we learn to worship Jesus Christ from an authentic place, from like a truly authentic place, it just helps us remember why we're doing all of this. It helps us remember you know, why we signed up to be followers of Jesus Christ in the first place. And I think it's important for us to get those reminders. We get little cues from, maybe it's from a person in your life, maybe it's from any number of different other sources, but there, anything that can help refocus us on Jesus is huge. It's huge. That's why you know, when we're in here worshiping with music, <clears throat> which again is not the only way to worship, but when we're doing that, there's something powerful about a bunch of us coming together and uh, lifting up praises to God. There's just something powerful. Like, like, it's awesome when I'm alone in my car doing it, but it's not near as awesome as when I'm with, you know, a hundred of you guys doing it. And, and there's just something more powerful about that. But if you can allow yourself, especially, this is a, this is a big guy issue, I think, if, 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 especially for you guys in the room that maybe you're like, you know, you have trouble kind of letting go and, and, you know, loosening up a little bit when it comes to worship. I'm not talking, you know, killing chickens and handling snakes, loosening up. I'm just talking, you know, like, you know, sneaking a hand in the air, loosening up, or, or, or just singing, just actually open your mouth and singing, loosening up, you know, that sort of thing. There's, it, when you get a clear view of who God is, and the kind of worship and the kind of praise that he is worthy of to receive from us it is a huge thing, and it should free your tongue and it should uh, it should you know uh, cause you to break out into some form of worship. I don't want anybody to think we're sitting here judging you you know the way you, that you worship or anything like that. I'm just saying I want all of us to come into this space, and when it comes to worship in terms of our music together. Just feel the freedom to worship however you want. We, um, we had this experience this uh, this summer. I was on a sabbatical for six weeks this summer, and we timed it to where uh, the last couple weeks of sabbatical we were going to be in Oklahoma uh, uh, to see family and things like that, but m- mainly because that's where Molly had chosen my oldest had chosen to go to college, and so we were going to end our sabbatical with getting her you know uh, moved into college and that sort of thing. So our last weekend out there, last couple of weekends, we, we were visiting churches and helping, trying to help her find a church that she might like. And, and uh, so we visited this one church in, in uh, Norman, uh, uh, which is home of the Oklahoma Sooners. You didn't even know that, but I just thought I'd say it. And um, and so we visited this this church in Norman. Great church. I, I know the pastor went to school with him, and he's just a great guy. And thought Molly would really enjoy enjoy this church. And, and it's a it's a good sized church. I mean, their church is probably I don't know a thousand people or so. And, um, and so decent sized auditorium, we're, we're seated in kind of about halfway back, um, on the front row of a particular section. So there's a large aisle where people can walk right in front of our feet. Right. And, uh, and as we start worshiping, I mean, we're just, we're just worshiping. We're singing, you know, I think maybe I got a hand in the air and maybe my wife's got a hand in the air. I don't know. And I look over at Molly and if you know Molly, I mean, this is just typical Molly. Uh, but she's kicked her shoes off, and she's on her knees, uh, eyes closed, hands in the air, just all out worshiping. She could give a rat's tail about what anybody thought of her in that moment, and uh, and in that moment where I'm, you know, I'm good grief. <laughs> in that moment where, you know, we're, we're trying to get Molly, you know, settled in and off on her own and that sort of thing, I just had this this great feeling of well, we didn't, you know. There's at least a few things we didn't screw up, and, um, and 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 you and I, you know, you all share equal responsibility in that with us. In that, um, you know, somewhere along the lines, we were all able to raise a girl who, who loves Jesus, who loves Jesus, and isn't afraid to show it. And so, um, that's that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like I, want, I want us to feel that kind of freedom in our worship. I really do. Before before I move on to the next passage, I want to say this. Uh, you guys know I've talked about before how um, you know we all kind of get different worship cues, um, and there are different things that will inspire you to worship. Maybe maybe when you when when you see your kids, you're like you just feel, feel like you know praising God just you know around that. Maybe. Um, you know, I, I've shared before that for me, when, when I get out in in this state in particular, you, you know, just California's got so many beautiful places, and you get out in nature, and and uh, there's just something that connects me to God when I get out there. Again, not the worship of nature, but just seeing the handiwork of God that wants me to that causes me to want to cry out to Him. I, I've shared with you guys uh, before. You know, kind of, I have this happy place in El Dorado Forest uh, on the Rubicon River. It flows out of um, Hellhole Reservoir. It's just this awesome, beautiful place. And um, I was thinking about going back up there pretty soon, overnight, and uh, was looking it up uh, uh, two nights ago and saw that that whole area, that entire area, is ash because of the King Fire. I didn't realize it. it was. It was a year ago. And I didn't realize that that area was included. I, I, I was in my room um, two nights ago, and and I was, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the satellite imagery, and I'm just, I'm it reduced me to tears. I was just like um, this place where I've connected with God and um, and spent time with my kids and 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 dozens of you know youth group members from you know several different churches and you know things like that where. Uh, it was just, it was such a meaningful place to me and it's gone and it's not going to be the same again for another 20, 25 years, probably. I mean, it's just ash. And, uh, I, I bring that up just to say this, that as children of God, as, as, as human, humanity, actually, as all of us, uh, one of the tasks that was given to us is to care for God's creation to care for God's creation. Can I just say, us caring for God's creation doesn't have to be a political issue. It's just a decent human issue. It's just a decent human issue. And, and I, wanna, I just want to throw in there that when we, when we take a little bit of effort, and I'm not talking extreme stuff. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that guy. I'm not, the, I'm not chaining myself to a tree. I'm not that guy, okay? But I'm just taking, when we take some extra effort to make sure that God's creation is cared for, Whatever, whatever that looks like for you. Um, we are creating uh, avenues of worship, or we're pres- I should say preserving avenues of worship. And, uh, and I, just think, I just think it's important. I think it's important for us to be faithful to God in that mandate that he gave us to care for this world. Um, and I'm not going to tell you what that looks like for you. I'll let you sort that out yourself. Uh, but I think it's important in us just as much as, as, as as this whole experience of coming together and setting up equipment and practicing songs and, 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 you know, making sure our space is ready for worship. I think that is also equally the same. I think that's the same thing. When we take care of the creation that God has blessed us with, uh, it's, it's, it's worship prep. It's worship prep and uh, it's worth, it's worth our time and it's worth our effort. And so Uh, Again, I'm not going to tell you what that looks like for you. I'll I'll let you sort that out yourself. But it's worth it's worth uh, at least thinking about. Look at Matthew uh, chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28 says this. Uh, Let me see here. Okay, at the end of the chapter, verse 18, he says, "It says, and Jesus came and said to them." All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, um, this is what we refer to as the Great Commission in Scripture. Uh, It has a very evangelistic tone to it. And when I say evangelism, I'm not talking some cheesy guy with big hair and a nice you know, $2,000 suit, begging for your money on TV. I'm talking about genuine evangelism, which is to go out and tell people what you know about Jesus, that he is, he came and he made everything great for you. Like that, like that he has cleaned you up on the inside, that he has saved you from a place you couldn't save yourself from, that he is preparing a home for you in eternity. All this is all the stuff that we call the good news. And evangelism is the sharing of that good news. It's the sharing of that good news. And right very subtly in in this passage that is very evangelistic in tone is also this little uh, hint of worship where he says, uh, um, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. What is the observation, the observing of all of Jesus' commands? It's living a lifestyle of worship. In other words, not only are we to recruit church uh, members, but we 're to recruit worshipers that 's part of the nature of what we do. If you love worship, like when I find something that I really love in my life, uh, I want to tell everybody about that thing. by the way, walking dead premieres tonight praise jesus and and so uh, and so anyway. But when I find when I find something I love in my life, I like to tell people about that thing. I like to try to get them on board with that thing, whether it's a band or a certain book or a certain type of, you know, whatever, uh, you know, a restaurant, you know, that sort of thing. If you, speaking of worship experience, go to Firehouse Bistro downtown, you'll have a worship experience. That's some great food down there. Uh, but anyway, that, when I, when I find things in my life I like, I want to share that. And here's the thing, if you love worshiping, like if you're that person who's like, man, I love worship so much. One of the um, results of your love for worship is you're going to want to try to recruit more people to worship with you. That's just one of the natural results. If you love Jesus and you love worshiping Jesus and that's something that you're passionate about, then you want to recruit as many people to worship Jesus with you as you possibly can as you possibly can. The the little, little thing I want to point out here about this passage is that evangelism is our calling. Evangelism is our calling. It's not just some weird word, some hypocritical word that's kind of seeped into our culture, that sort of thing. That word evangelism just means to go out and tell people the good news. And it is our calling. You cannot separate evangelism from who you are as a child of God. You just can't do it. Scripture doesn't leave you that option. It just does not leave you that option. You are, if you are a true uh, like follower of Jesus Christ, then you're going to want to recruit other true followers of Jesus Christ. I know recruits like this weird word, but that's like, that's like what we're doing. It doesn't have to be a culty thing. It's just what we're doing. Like I want to, I want to get as many people in, in this community on board with uh, Jesus as I possibly can, as I possibly can. And evangelism is so much a part of our calling of who we are. Like, there's this kind of sentiment that we hear a lot of times of, you know, well, my faith is a very personal thing to me and, and you know, that sort of thing. And, it's, and can I just say, it's a cop-out. It's, just, it's an absolute, absolute, absolute cop-out so you don't have to tell anybody about Jesus. And can I, and I don't, don't want to discount how you feel about sharing your faith because I know for a lot of people, it creates a lot of anxiety For you to open up your mouth and just say something. Which again, if you really think about it, I'm not, again, not discounting it, but if you really think about it, if you really think about what Christ has done for you, it is not that big of a deal. For you to just share with somebody, yeah, I'm a Christian. It really shouldn't be that big of a deal. I'm not saying you have to beat them over the head with your Bible. I'm not saying you have to you know, be a jerk in the way that you speak to them or suddenly get all judgy, that's, that's not what we want at all. But when you just make the knowledge available that, yeah, I go to church on Sundays and yeah, I, uh, I'm a Christian. You don't, oftentimes you don't have to say anything more than that. And eventually somebody will seek you out. Somebody at work, somebody in your community, somebody at school is going to start to have a, an issue that they're, they're trying to figure out how to get through or they're feeling a little bit hopeless. And they're going to remember, you know, so-and-so, that, that person, they said that they were a Christian. So suddenly their wheels start spinning and they're thinking, I wonder if they have answers that I don't have. And people will seek you out. You don't have to be this big, crazy, you know, evangelistic jerk. Just... Just be you. Just be you. But but again, be true to who you are. And being true to who you are is if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you don't have to be ashamed of that. You don't have to be, again, it doesn't have to be this big weird thing. It's it's part of who we are in our calling. I want to look at one more passage, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, the church has just been started. The Holy Spirit has just showed up on the scene and and uh, indwelled everybody. And and we get this little description at the end of Acts chapter 2 of what the early church looked like. How they were getting together and fellowshipping together and, uh, you know, breaking bread together and praying together and listening to the teaching of the apostles. And at the tail end of this description, uh, starting with verse 46, it says this. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So here we have this, this church that, that has grown very quickly overnight. I mean, like literally overnight, the first church grew to like 3,000 people. It was a huge church right at the very beginning. And they're meeting together in homes. They're getting together at the temple uh, there in Jerusalem and meeting together and praising God and praising Jesus there in the, right there in the temple and, uh, and, and, worship is, is, I mean, that's key. It's like, it's like, it just naturally flows out of them. Like what we should get together. What are we going to do when we get together? I think we should worship. That's a great idea. Let's keep doing that. You know? And so they're, they're just worshiping. Worship just flows out of them. And when people see them worship, what happens is their numbers are added to day by day, by day, by day, day, by day, that would be awesome. Can I just say that would be awesome if we could say God was adding to living hope every single day. Every single day. There's something about worship that when when the world sees us like genuinely, authentically worshiping God, whether it's in this room or by the way that we live our lives outside of this room, When the community around us sees us worshiping God, they want some of that. It's very attractive to them. If it's authentic, if it's fake, they see right through it. Don't forget that. If it's fake, they see right through it. But when they see people who genuinely love each other and love God and pour out their hearts in worship, there is something extremely attractive about that. There's this, uh, in, in worship, uh, you know, a lot of churches really struggle. Our church has been very, very blessed. But a lot of churches really struggle getting, uh, like, they might want to do a, a band like we have on a Sunday morning and just really struggle getting musicians in their church. And, uh, and there's kind of a, a phrase that, that I've heard spoken over and over and over in, in, in the worship land uh, that where people say, well, musicians attract musicians. You know, if you can just get a couple of musicians... They tend to attract other musicians because musicians like to get together and they like to play together and that sort of musicians attract musicians. And I think the same thing is true about worship. Worshipers attract worshipers. Worshipers attract worshipers. And this phrase on the screen here is that a worshiping church grows. A worshiping church just grows. A worshiping church, a church like us that is just like crying out to God on a regular basis and, and seeking his face and worshiping him in spirit and in truth uh, in an authentic way. When we are that kind of church, it will attract other worshipers. It will attract other worshipers. And a worshiping church grows. And for those of you who want to keep our church nice and small, first of all, I just wish you'd go find a different church. Second of all, if you want to keep our church nice and small, just stop worshiping. Just sit there, cross your arms, stop worshiping, and you'll keep our church nice and small. But if you want to see people have their lives changed in our community, if you want to see the kingdom of God grow in this community, learn to worship God from a place of truth in your life and reach out to him in in ways that are just like true to you, real to you. You know what I'm saying? Like Maybe you're not the hand-raising guy. Maybe you're not the, you know, drop to your knees girl, whatever, whatever that is. I'm just saying, be true to who you are and, and worship God in, in a place of truth for you. And we'll attract worshipers. Or you can come in here and you can sit down and you can kind of, you know, check your watch. When are we going to be done with this? Um, I, I just, I do don't, don't we, isn't that the kind of church we want to be? We want to be that church that's like, yeah, I do love Jesus and I want to worship him. Uh, That's what I want us to be. Again, I know, I feel feel like for most of us, I'm kind of preaching to the choir here. This is just kind of a a good reminder of what a healthy church looks like for us. But don't forget how important, how critical like worship is in the health of our church. Uh, And again, not just in this room, but outside this room. Would you just bow your heads with me? Um <clears throat> I, I want to speak real real quickly with nobody looking around. Um, if you're here today and you have a hard time, just kind of um, loosening up and and allowing yourself to express yourself and worship to God uh, I, that could there could be any number of reasons for that. All I want to do, if that's you, would you just ask God to help you um, to kind of free you up to worship him based on who you are? Would you I just ask God to free you, your spirit up so that you can worship him in spirit and in truth? <coughs> Father, I I love you so much this morning. I thank you for your word to us. I thank you that you have, um, in some really incredible way, linked up these two concepts of of sharing your word um, with people that are around us and this concept of worship, too. So, God, we want to be authentic worshipers of you both in our worship services and just in the way we live life in our community. Help us to be true to who we are in you. God, as we live these lives of worship that you've called us to live, my prayer is that other people around us would uh, would notice, people in our family, people in our um, neighborhoods places of work and in our schools that we attend, God, that people would just notice that, you know, we're not perfect and we make mistakes and we say and do things that we regret from time to time. But at the core of who we are, there's this true love for Jesus Christ that kind of guides the choices that we make, kind of guides our attitudes that we have in certain situations. I pray people would notice that about us. I pray people would notice that about us specifically as Living Hope Church. So God, help us to worship you even more authentically than what we do. Give us a heart for the people that you have placed in our path who are far from you. Give us a heart to share your love And uh, your wisdom with them. And um, help us to do it in a way that it's received the way you want it to be received. Help us to know uh, when to speak up and when to get out of the way and let you do your thing. Uh, But we want to be your children who are worshiping you in truth who are sharing that truth to the world around us the way you've called us to do so grow us into that kind of church grow us into that kind of church we love you we give you all the praise and all the glory this morning we pray this in jesus name